It's tech fan number 10 with your host, Tim Robertson, me, and a special guest this week, Michael Manna of the T4 Show. And welcome to another exciting episode of Tech Fan. I'm your host, Tim Robertson. Tech Fan, of course, is part of the MyMac.com family of podcasts, including At Minute with Sam Levin, the original MyMac.com podcast with the G-Men Guy and Gaz, and this show, Tech Fan. This week, I've got a special guest, Michael Manna. He is from the T4 show. Welcome, Michael. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, man? I'm great. It's been a long time. I think the last time we were on was uh, another podcast, episode number 25. Yeah, that the first time I used Wirecast, which we're using right now. Are you? You're using it right now. Is this the new version? I know they had a new version, I think 2.0 coming out. No, this is 4.0. If you're familiar with Photoshop from Adobe, it adds a lot of functionality uh, via layers. So, you, you know, you can see I have a lower third here with uh, this is Photoshopped in, but I can add numerous layers like the live layer the t4 show logo my lower third uh you have your lower third which is a standard lower third right now but i can i can essentially put the my mac logo the app minute logo any information and in, in up to seven eight nine layers and really provides a lot of uh you almost can e-bomb your own video <laughs> with a bunch it's of almost too much like. information sometimes though Yes, it is. So the last time we talked, I think that's the only time we've talked publicly, isn't it? It's the it's the uh, one time that we were on a show together. That was OWC Radio back in April of 2010. Yeah, yeah, that was my other studio down in Florida, and now uh, up in Connecticut. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was the first time doing a lot of things, but it, it was a lot of fun to talk Mac stuff and tech in general. So I look forward to the uh, next hour or so. So obviously we're going to talk about a couple of different things uh, a little bit later. The first thing I want to talk about, though, is a return to a problem I had last week. If uh, those listening remember, I had a major problem with iTunes. I had the Beatles box set, $150 gift, gifted to me. Um, I couldn't download it. It was a huge pain in the you-know-what. I've got most of the Beatles music out there, to be honest. So it wasn't like, oh, this is I finally get to hear the Beatles. But, you know, it's kind of the point of the thing. I get a gift. I click the link in the email. iTunes would launch. It would go to the Beatles page. Then it would go right back to the front page of iTunes and nothing ever downloaded. And I must have done this 20 times on three different computers after a while on different networks. Nothing would work. I knew the problem couldn't have been my computer because I used different computers. So I finally contacted Apple. And after a week and a half, <laughs> which is always fun, uh, it's finally working. All they seem to have done is reset my password. Whether they did more than that on the back end or not, I don't know. The Apple representative from iTunes that I was talking to said they were replicating the problem. They had signed into my account on their end, and they couldn't download it either. And they didn't know what the problem was. They were going to get Apple engineers on it. That was supposed to happen today. But late last night, just on a lark, I clicked the link in my email again, and lo and behold, it started downloading. So I don't know what Apple did, 
But it is a little discouraging to know that it took a week and a half to download something. It's not like, you know, there was some kind of error in the program or something on my end. It was on their end, and it takes a week and a half. That's kind of odd. Have yeah, you-, you know what's funny is I, I just had that problem yesterday with my iPhone and my iPad trying to update uh, all my applications from the App Store. It kept saying I had the wrong password, but after about four or five attempts, no, nowhere near what you did with, with the Beatles uh, problem, but I ended, up, I ended up after four or five tries, it finally worked. I got it early in the day yesterday, and I got it after I did my live show. I wanted to update my iPad applications, uh, and it, for some reason kept saying I was giving the wrong password. And I don't know if that was something similar to what you were getting, but it was, it, it, you know, I thought, my, I thought my account was hacked. Yeah, that's always a scary I feeling for a little bit, isn't it? You're like, uh-oh, what, what happened? What's going on? Yeah, I had it, it was that and a combination of on two different computers. On my home computer, I had a certain dollar amount up in iTunes. You know, if someone gives you a gift or you buy a gift certificate, it shows you how much money you have in iTunes. I did that on both the laptop, which I take with me when I'm in hotels for work, and then at home, you know, I'm buying movies or whatever, music. It was showing two different amounts, yet it was still the same iTunes account. And it, it just wasn't, you know, communicating with each other. It was really, really odd. I didn't know if that was part of the problems with downloading the Beatles or not. I still don't know. Um, you would think, though, that iTunes has been out for over 10 years. We've been syncing iPods to it since 2001. They would have had most of these kind of kinks worked out by now, but I guess not. Well, you would... Yeah, well, you would think, too, that uh, I I think it has a lot to do with that server farm they're building in uh, North Carolina. Apple's never really been really clear are. on what that is, is it? have they? They, they just no, don't tell us. it's like the Area 51 attack. <laughs> Nobody really knows exactly what it is. But it, the good part about that, maybe, in the long run, is this: these kinds of problems are the reason why, in my opinion, they probably are building that, that server facility. So, the, you know, because let's think about it. You know, iTunes is synonymous synonymous with buying music now. People think about that before Amazon MP3, before going to a record store. Those are pretty much obsolete. Whenever you look at music, I know most people, everybody I know at least, when I'm looking for a music track or even a movie for that matter, you go to iTunes before anywhere else. It's and if it hub. doesn't exist in iTunes, it almost doesn't exist anymore. No, it's its own walled garden, yeah. and that, that, that of course, I mean, this is one experience in how many years of using iTunes. It's a pretty good percentage. I mean, how many times is your Gmail uh, giving you a verification error on your password? How many times have your Google services or your Google Voice not worked over the past year or two? I mean, really, compare iTunes to even something like that, and it's a very minuscule amount of uh, problems. Now, Michael, I don't want to assume that everyone listening to uh, this episode of Tech Fan actually heard you on the OWC radio. So let's go a little bit into your background and what the T4 show is. What is the T4 show? Well, the T4 show, if I can say the name right. (laughs) You only invented it, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm the the host, by the way. That's why I can speak so eloquently. Uh, The T4 show stands for Tech Today, Tech Tomorrow. We've been around since uh, 2007. Uh, I had over 200 episodes of the audio podcast. Uh, we have a blog at t4show.com, but recently have uh, transferred over to all video, all live shows using Wirecast, and you know had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I go every Thursday night at 10 p.m. live uh, with my partner Colm from Culmination on Twitter, 
And, uh, you know, we, we do go to weekgeekweek.com forward slash live for about a half hour to an hour every week. Also making tutorial videos, doing the regular YouTube stuff, uh, streaming video games, trying to trying to do basically now my path has been looking at what everyone else is doing and going in the exact opposite direction <laughs> as that because that's the only way you can easily stand out and 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 be different. And and what I really like to think is that we bring a basically down to earth. Uh, sort of lowest common denominator perspective. We don't try to speak too much techies. I try to put uh, real-world usage into, say, the iPad at the gym, the iPad reading at the beach, and little things like that that a normal person will be like, I really want to see how it works here. That's what I try to bring in every one of the video reviews uh, that I do, and I hope I do that. I, I know sometimes that he can even speak over people's heads, but that's why I do Q&A videos. That's why I try to answer uh, YouTube comments, emails, Twitter, Facebook, and try to really engage in that interaction uh, with the people that follow me through video and written word. So I think you're probably like me. You, th you look at a lot of the tech shows that are out there, and they seem to cater to the hardcore tech enthusiast. But the vast majority of people that are using the iPhone, the iPad, the Xbox, the PS3, the Wii are not this hardcore. We know it, how much RAM the Wii has in it. They're just everyday users, and they want to get more out of their tech gear. Yeah, well, I don't even know how much RAM the Wii has. Neither do I. <laughs> I don't even care. I just want to know that the, the, the damn sensor bar works, which doesn't half the time. No, I know. It. It's but, terrible. Uh, yeah, a lot of times uh, we do tend to speak over people's heads. But that this is why, and this is why Apple is so successful. This is why iTunes is so successful because it's just keep it simple, stupid. Right. The iPad, the iPhone, even the Mac OS in general is very simple and easy to use and fun to use. Uh, no, no need to do a lot of different things like Windows, where you really need to go into to registries and do a lot of different stuff. That I, quite frankly, I'm so out of practice, I don't even understand it. And, uh, you know, that's that's why yeah, Apple's successful, and I think that's why uh, tech podcasts like, like what T4 Show tries to do will hopefully uh, be successful one day. So I'm recording this, obviously, as an audio podcast for Tech Fan. You're actually streaming this as part of the T4 Show on the Internet right now. Correct. Yeah, we're streaming at T4Show.com so uh, forward slash live. Uh, we're using Telestream software Wirecast 4. That's how we're switching the uh, the camera angles. I basically had my custom lower third, all that stuff already pre-created by Colm. And then yours I, I created real quick on the fly before. Also, we can capture stuff with Desktop Presenter. Uh, like we have the uh, kineticpost.com thing, which we'll get to later about the TSA and the airport scanners and the pat-downs and basically being raped at the airport. <laughs> all that good stuff. You know, but th this is the kind of the next... I know people, hardly anybody seems to read much anymore. It's I read, sad. you read, but the, well, yeah. the most part, people really just like audio aids, like visual aids, and and I, I really do feel that that's where it's going. People like to watch. People like to listen as they're doing other things, not necessarily sitting down and concentrating on reading a very lengthy article on something. I agree. Yep. Here, here now the the listening audience won't be able to see this obviously here's my impression of a Wii user where where the hell's that hello <laughs> where's the cursor <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that, is that anywhere is near there? like the Connect user? It'll trip over their own feet. I which would probably be me after I, I buy the Connect today. Uh, are you buying it today? I think I'm going to. We're going to do a big. Uh, we're going to do a big uh, Dance Central dance off with on oh, one no. of the live shows with Coleman, his wife, and I'll. I'll uh, hopefully be lucky enough to to have a girl that'll be able to put up with me for 15 minutes. Oh, you're a braver and, uh, man than me. I know, 15 minutes longer than they usually put up with us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll try to do 13. that. I mean, that's kind of what we try to do. We try to do different stuff like that throughout the hour and something that, that the uh, show hopefully kind of like gets across is before you even have a chance to get bored – we're kind of it's like an ADD kind of show, but with 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 structure. Like we go five minutes here, five minutes there, five minutes there, and it's kind of like quick hits. So and not overload you with so much ram in the way or anything like that. Right, that you're uh, you're overcome with all these specs and this tech that you tech speak. So last week uh, I had uh, David Cohen, the semi regular co host, who couldn't make it this week. He was traveling. And Owen Rubin, uh, he is currently writing at MyMac. He was at Apple. He was at Atari. Uh, comes from a very technology-centric uh, pedigree, if you will. And we were talking about the role of government in the Internet and technology. And I got a lot of great feedback on it. And I thought I kind of want to revisit that occasionally. And why not the very next week? Because I thought if someone's got kind of a unique perspective on this, it's going to be Michael Manna. So I did want to talk about that as well as WikiLeaks, but let's start at the the role of government in technology, and that's a really broad term. As a content producer, I know for a fact that you usually keep your content clean, family-oriented, if you will, at least language-wise. But because the Internet is kind of still the Wild West, you could come out with just as much profanity as you want, nudity if you want, whatever – and there's really no regulation. Do you like that, or do you think the role of government should kind of get in there and curtail it a little bit? No, I don't think I don't think government should regulate almost anything that's in existence because their idea of what's good and bad. I mean, there was there was a way back when up this way in the Northeast something called the Salem witch trials. Yes, <laughs> there's no difference between that and. And what goes on today where, you know, they can label anybody an enemy combatant. They can label anybody. They can label a YouTuber that makes inappropriate content. If they if they were giving the power to do that under the Patriot Act, they could pretty much say this person is an enemy combatant for what they said on YouTube. And we will detain them and hold them for as long as we deem necessary. Nope. That is unacceptable. That is not American. And, and, and the other thing is, too, yeah, sure. You know, the, the YouTube and all this stuff is kind of out of control. I I, I sort of am frustrated sometimes with uh, stuff that happens in, in the tech community and YouTubers that are making hundred or $150,000 a year because they take a, a really crappy uh, webcam video of their, their dog, you know, defecating or urinating on the lawn and they get 4 million views. Yet when you produce a TV quality show – you get like 800 views. Yeah. Now I'm not discounting the people that interact with my channel. It's great because everybody who views it interacts, leaves comments, and, are, and, and quality is definitely more important than quantity to me. But I just, it's one of the biggest mysteries in tech tech history that somebody like Soldiers Knows Best or John for Lakers, and I don't care about naming names, will get 30,000 views for just saying, well, this is what I think is going to come out at the MacBook Air event, or here I'm going to literally unbox this box of software as a joke and 30,000 people will listen or watch 
and 158 or 112 or 250 people will comment on it and say it's great. That just is a sad statement on society. I agree. Of course, there's no accounting for taste by the same token. Uh, what what you and I may think is why and why would anybody want to watch that is four million people at that point then wrong. Of course, we'll say yes, but I don't know. I don't understand the whole viral video craze any myself. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it at the same time because it's always the lowest common denominator crap that seems to get passed around, seems to get popular, and but yet quality content, heaven forbid, you, you get to see some of that stuff. I think I would like to call it maybe the, the Kardashian effect. Yes, I would agree that, with that. Uh, you know, something like that. People like train wrecks. People like negativity. People get grasp on negativity sort of because in their own insecure, weak-minded uh, you know, ways of thinking – it makes them feel better about themselves. And and that's fine. We all have that in us where we look at somebody and we say, wow, I don't feel so bad. Now that I seen that guy or girl, I feel pretty good about myself. I'm not, I'm not doing that bad. Uh, you know, like I said before, and I've, I have a little bit of experience in, in, uh, in a television background and, and, you know, entertainment sure. and what people like to see and what people don't like to see. Uh, but I look at it this way. Like I said before, I would do this. You know, I really would do this, and I was doing it for a long time without anybody watching. And and I before I turned on the record button on my HD camcorder or recorded this or used my Mac to stream, I I did all this, and I would continue to do it if I stopped producing content today. It it's a joy to do. It's something I love to do. It's a passion, and it doesn't it does matter that people watch, but it doesn't matter. I don't count numbers, and I don't look at it like I have to. I have to be successful this year. Right. It'd be nice, but yeah. I don't have. <laughs> it's very nice. So it's there's kind of a a dichotomy between we should have free reign and do whatever we want to do on the internet in television quality HD with all the lower third stuff all around me. I'm sure right now here and over. <laughs> Oh, just one. And, I just and, got one on you right now. And then we do have a lot of censorship on television. Now, when you were on television every week, you couldn't come out and say and do anything you wanted to do. There was certain rules that literally well, you get. I'm still on TV now. So well, okay. I'm falling under those rules. So, yeah. I'm not I, retired yet, Tim. You're not, I'm not retired, retired yet. Don't, I'm old, but I'm not that old yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm hardly ever in front of a TV, I have to be honest. Um how do you reconcile those two things? I mean, why is it okay for the government to censor and, and tell you what you can and cannot say on television and they can't on the Internet? Well, because I, I believe it's advertisers. It's money. Money drives it. You know, advertisers really do speak on what can air and not air on TV. Sometimes on Spike TV, which I'm, I'm on TV every week with Spike TV, they do get away with certain curse words and certain content. Uh, WWE is PG because obviously they want the advertisers to come and give them money, and that's what the advertisers want. And really, that's that's what really runs entertainment. That's what runs television is revenue, is advertising. If they had all the money in the world, then the government couldn't step in. You'd be hearing the F-bomb. You'd be seeing nudity. I mean, you see nudity on Canadian television. Yeah, all over the place. So it's and not I'm sure it European completely corrupted. You their... see sex. You see a whole right. bunch of things. 
It's just a matter of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, what what the uh, American people are supposed to be able to handle and not handle. I don't think it's more of a government thing as much as a money thing. And it will turn into a government thing sooner or later. Once they start taxing the Internet, once they start doing things and making things cost money and do that toll road, that's why net neutrality is very important. If you provide, if you make a toll road to the Internet in every way possible, like this Comcast Level 3 thing, which yeah. is over people's heads, basically, if you stream Netflix, Comcast in a way, or actually Level 3 was trying to double dip with Comcast in some ways, and Comcast could have essentially shut down Netflix streaming if he subscription. To put that in a context that maybe the average listener or viewer can understand, you're producing a show right now. It's going out over the Internet. Anybody that wants to watch it on a Comcast-connected device, i.e. you get your Internet connection through Comcast, they want to watch that. Comcast comes to you, Michael Manon, says, hey, you're pushing out you know, 3,000 terabytes of data to our customers. That's money that you owe us for that bandwidth. And if you don't pay us, we're not going to allow any of our customers to watch your content. That's basically yeah. what it comes down to. That's any, they can do that. They can do that. They, they do it right now in a way, Comcast, Time Warner, all these companies do it right now because everybody's always sat in front of their computer at some time of the day, usually between dinner time and 10 p.m., and go, why is my internet so slow? Yeah. Well, guess what? You're being throttled. Right. You're and, being throttled because, by your ISP. But do you usually. want them to or do you not want them to? Because if they don't do that, the guy that's um, torrenting 20 gigabyte worth of mo- uh, movies and stuff next door is getting all the bandwidth and yours is just going to be crap because you're just, you know, everyday stuff. Or you may be trying to do something legitimate like stream a Netflix movie on your iPad. So where do well, they come in? Well, that's something they pay. We pay good money for the infrastructure, and they advertise unlimited. I mean, I agree with you, by the way. limit is sort of a soft limit. I've, I've, I don't know anybody that's been uh, caught with that. They still say unlimited Internet. They still, they in their commercials, they talk about streaming video. They talk, they show everything that you can do with this ISP. So unless they say, you know, disclaimer, unless you're the guy next door downloading BitTorrents all the time, we don't want you. That's right. <laughs> and then... It's for everybody. Yep. So the answer isn't to start throttling our uses. It's, hey, beef up your service. Give us what you promise and then what we pay for. Fios never had that problem. I had Fios in Florida, and that was amazing. I was uploading YouTube videos every day. I was doing a ton of stuff, and they never came to me and said, well, you know, you're you're uploading uh, 25, 450 meg videos every month. We have to we have to do something. You're streaming every day. You're running a web server. You're running all this stuff. They never did that, and I, I don't think Comcast really would at this point. I think, I think they have a black. I think they I think they're trying to lay low, especially with this level three stuff, because they're not necessarily the bad guy either. Because what I heard was level three, the, the they're basically the provider that streams Netflix to you through Comcast or through whatever, whatever ISP you use. They were doing something pretty underhanded to Comcast, which people can say that's karma. That's coming back on Comcast, <laughs> but it's still not right. They were doing something. Not, I don't know quite the details, but in a way, double dipping uh, that data and 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 
kind of stealing data in a way from Comcast that you know to, to provide themselves a stream for Netflix. I don't know if I'm completely accurate. Basically, they were just doing something not only up and up. Comcast called them out on it. Then uh, level three, you know, can go out and make Comcast look like the bad guy. Yep, long absolutely. Story. Very long stories told. Very. There's always more than <laughs> one side to every story. Absolutely. There's three sides. There's their side. There's Comcast level three, and then the truth. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And we'll never know which is which, unfortunately. So, who should step in then if Comcast is going to start throttling? If they're going to start kicking people off, saying you're using too much bandwidth, so we don't want you anymore, even though they're selling us a service ostensibly that is unlimited. So, hey, I was using it on an unlimited basis. All of a sudden, they don't want me anymore. Who should step in? The government? Uh, I mean, well, nobody can because because it's 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 set up to be a monopoly or a duopoly. Right, but as a, as a citizen of the United States. And that's really what we're talking about in this discussion because we don't live anywhere else. We don't know what the rules and regulations are there. Who is going to stand up to the big companies in your behalf and your neighbors and your cities and your states? That would have to be the government, yes? Because nobody else is big enough to stand up to Comcast. They're huge. Yeah, that's a little bit of a problem because nobody is as big as the government. It's a shame uh, back in the day when you had Ralph Nader and the consumer advocates and people like that that could really – do something do, do something good but now it takes laws and it takes it, it's a slippery slope because it's a double-edged sword you get the government involved to help you out and it's almost like the mafia well we did you a favor but then there's this little rider in this bill where you're basically giving up another one of your rights you're giving up this you're giving up that and essentially if there's enough of an outcry the scary part is that the government can take over the internet much like they took over general motors and Anytime the government runs a business, it's never good for us. It's never going to be the top. Not competition suffers, and competition is suffering now. You think it's bad now with Comcast or or Uverse or Time Warner or FiOS? These four big companies just having all the uh, all the bandwidth to offer out for sale for sale. Imagine if the government said, "No, we're going to take over Comcast." Now, how's Uverse? Uverse, FiOS, and these are independent companies going to going to challenge the government. They're just going to keep making up laws to make them have the advantage in the market, yeah, and offer you less service for uh, possibly even more money. Who knows? So they'll sometimes tax, tax a lot of it, right? So sometimes it's good if the government gets involved. Sometimes it's bad. Um, it's always bad. It's always bad. But yeah. But then again, um, I've read up on professional wrestling in the past, and. I remember reading an article, I I don't remember who wrote it, about every other sport in the world has an off-season. Now, of course, wrestling is entertainment uh, sports, but nonetheless, you guys just beat the crap out of your bodies. Well, they do that in the NFL, they do that in the NBA, they do that in the NHL, but they get an off-season where they can, they're not in front of, you know, a thousand, a million fans, they can heal, they can get better. You don't have that option as a professional wrestler. You're just getting the crap beat on it. And if you're not doing that, you're not getting paid. If the government stepped in and said, hey, you got to give these guys paid six weeks off every year, independent contractor or no, that's the law now because this is for the wrestler's own good. This is going to allow them to heal and get better and prolong your, your career. Is that good or is that bad? 
Well, yeah, I mean, you know, in theory, it's great. You're introducing what you what what the uh, taboo word in wrestling is called a union. Yeah, which is never going to happen because you know it, we're we're heading into a territory that's sort of controversial because no one, you know, there's always somebody that's going to get taken care of on top that doesn't want a union because they're making out great. Uh, it's sort of the rich and the poor in wrestling. There's no real middle class, and in wrestling, the funny part is that people complain about it and people within the business complain about it but guess what i'm a libertarian through and through i'm a libertarian that's my political affiliation which there is no political affiliation i just believe in the basic right that it, whatever you're doing as long as you're not hurting somebody self-determination whatever you want now you know i'm not always happy with what i'm doing i'm not getting the money that i deserve i'm not getting benefits i'm not getting vacation i do not get paid if i don't work but in the end, Tim and everybody that's listening and watching, that is my choice right now. And Groovy. you know, when I choose to not take it anymore, then I will I will make the appropriate decision and for my life, for my family, for people that are, that I care about. But the guys that say "gimme, gimme, gimme," they they don't follow through. If I turn around and said, "Yeah, we should get this, we should get that," I would stick to my guns. But unfortunately, and even in this news cycle where it all happens and you know let's let's be frank wrestlers dying almost every week from whatever they're dying from you know at a young age you look at it this way uh the news cycle is outraged about it but oh wait what's kim kardashian doing over right. here oh lindsey lohan went in the rehab i forget about that wrestling the news cycle is so desensitized and goes so quickly nobody cares or is it just the industry because the i'm got a phone ringing in here but that's okay um, Vince is calling. He's mad. Yeah, I know. Vince is calling. You look at the, the controversy right now of concussions in the NFL, and that doesn't seem to be going away. They keep talking about it. The NFL is enacting rules and changes to try to prevent that, even though it's kind of a joke. They're never going to prevent that. You got, you know, 300 pound linemen hitting each other at full force in the head. I mean, it's just going to happen. But that hasn't gone away. That's, and the NFL's done stuff about it. Is your industry the one that you're working in? Or are they just not getting the, the coverage they deserve? Because literally people are dying. It's not just concussions. This is – people are dying because of what's happening. Probably the, the biggest thing would be going back to uh, uh, heart, dying in the ring. I mean, you know, where's the outrage for that? I think we lost all the tech people. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's it's the role of government and it's the role of media. The role of government, uh, you know, should the, the should the government thing. be protecting people, whether it's online or government in the ring or on the football field? The government will protect its own interest at any point and make it sound like when they, you know, people expect to be taken care of from cradle to grave. It's not going to happen. Like I said, you know, the choice is that if guys say they don't want to be a wrestler they don't want to be a podcaster they don't want to be a ditch digger they don't want to be a police officer then they have the choice not to be they don't go in and say hey listen this this is what i choose to do but now i'm going to complain every bit of the way because i'm gonna i'm very much i look at the i don't really look at you know the whole thing with wrestlers dying and all this stuff and everything that's happened throughout my 20-year career and mm -hmm. i've seen and i've lost a lot of friends and and it's sad but at the same time it, it's initiated me to actually go out. I've never done drugs. I don't drink. I don't do anything like steroids or growth or any of that stuff. I live a very clean, healthy lifestyle. And when I see that happen, 
It's stuff like that happen all the time. It enables me to say, I'm going to leave a, live an even cleaner lifestyle, even more positive lifestyle. I'm going to make the most out of every day. I'm going to make the most out of the T4 show, out of my fitness stuff. I'm going to provide a productive, positive service to others. But and here's- that's, that's what I do every single day that I live. And some guys who sit there and go, well, I'm getting this. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. I want, well, go out and get it. That's the libertarian way of doing things. You, you're not getting what you deserve. It's up to you to go out there and get it, not government. Government does not do anything except serve themselves. If, if business ran the government, say, say it was run like a business, yep. would we have a 15 or whatever trillion dollar debt to China? That'd probably be, more. <laughs> probably be more. I don't think it'd be more. I think <laughs> well, I think if you just said, if they just looked at the books and ran it off, uh, you know, uh, pay as you go instead of credit, which everybody, even we're in the holiday season right now, people are buying stuff on Black Friday. Yet the jobless rate is ten to eleven percent, if not more, because those numbers are kind of deflated on purpose. Well, then, it, it only shows people that are actually getting benefits right now, not those who have dropped off the rolls that still haven't found a job. That's absolutely true. So, yeah. And I live in Michigan you- where it's even higher. But here's my question. Uh, tomorrow the T4 show goes paid service only, okay? You have to pay so. this much money every week to watch your content. So you start doing that and you're very successful. Then you notice something six months down the, the road where you're not getting as much money and you find out there's a BitTorrent site out there. That's t4bittorrent.com, and they've got all your stuff the next day or even hours after you're producing it for free on BitTorrent. What do you do? Now, I bring this up because the government, with the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, is literally taking over sites that are doing BitTorrent, closing them down. If you go to some of these sites, there's a big... I, I I think it's FCC. I'm not. I forget which government. Oh, ICE. Is doing I think it. ICE. Yeah, shutting down ICE. The, uh, so ICE is shutting down the sites. As a content producer, hey, I want to be in control of my own content. But yet, here's this website in another country stealing my content, offering up to everybody. Who steps in for you if not a government organization? So, so my point is. Good and bad, where do you draw the line? I don't want the government to be closing down websites because, heaven forbid, someone accuses you of having copyrighted material and they just shut you down without due process. But They will never they will never stop, though. That's the problem. There's always going to be a service or a company out there that I could hire to say, listen, uh, you know, Engadget does it. These All these sites do it where they embed their content and you can only view it on their site. Or you do you put it in iTunes? They, you know, if, once you put it in iTunes, if you have a free version and and a paid version, that's fine. But there's ways to get around that, so you can basically still generate revenue, whether through ads on your site because your videos are embedded, uh, hard embedded, and you cannot download them or embed them in another site. Those kinds of things happen. You know what? If I'm popular enough to where people want to BitTorrent my content <laughs> and I'm still making money, Tim, that'd be a good it's, problem it's to a, have. Positive, yeah. You know, and BitTorrents are something that, yeah, sure, something you shouldn't quote steal certain things, but a lot of stuff out there is shared between people. It's peer to peer, and you know, you should leave. I'd rather leave it open and have some client because those people are really, really. I mean, you talked about it before with the RIA; they go after people, but really, piracy 
and doing all the stuff that we know how to do, just like when we talk about tech speak, and it's over 95 to 97% of the people's heads, 97% of the people who use this iPhone do not jailbreak it. That's right. They do not jail it. They do it because it's simple and they can get their music and their videos on here and they don't care. It's an iPod with a phone. They don't care about anything else. That's why I believe that, that these companies spend all this money to shut this stuff down. They actually spend more than they lose realistically if they just let these certain, quote, pirates pirate their stuff. And, and I've been a proponent of saying – all the anti-piracy stuff that's out there right now doesn't do anything to stop piracy. It just inconveniences the actual people buying their content. I it mean, actually, it actually makes people aware that there is piracy. There is yeah. BitTorrent. When they, whenever you say Good something point. like this guy who's the internet, the internet bully who got all his Google juice and you know because oh, he got yes. bad, he got bad reviews for his the article on the New York Times. Whatever he was doing recently, he made a lot of money because he did. You know, just like press. I don't care if it's good press or bad press. Obviously, I care if it's good. You care if it's good because we don't want bad content out there on us. But in general, in the, in the public eye, bad press is almost better than good press because more people like to talk about bad stuff yeah. than good stuff. And that's the thing with uh, with BitTorrent. When they say, oh, we're going to shut this BitTorrent site down, and this kid goes, well, what's BitTorrent? And this friend goes, oh, you can get all these free movies and TV shows and music on this site for free. And he's like, wow, I didn't know that. Now they just they just educated the consumers to not buy their material. <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit, kind of, and talk about the whole WikiLeaks thing. I find this a fascinating. Now, as someone that's been in journalism for a long time, I understand the the need for inside information. I mean, we wouldn't have got Watergate if it wasn't for inside information. The Pentagon Papers wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for leaks. But at the same time, leaks could also be very dangerous. This is a website set up. The sole purpose is to show leaks, information that the public, somebody decided the public shouldn't see, and now they're going to share this information with the entire world. I don't know how I feel about this. One part of me says, well, you know, information wants to be out there, but there are some things that need to be secret, don't you think? It all depends. It all depends for uh, national security. It all depends for, and I got the site up here showing different stuff, um, like Afghan contempt for British exposed. A lot of this seems like it's just um, something straight out of the New York Post, like the National Enquirer. That's very personal stuff, like I think uh, – uh, Gaddafi got Botox and stuff like that. <laughs> but there are some things here that seem inquiring to be inquiring minds want to know. What's that? I said inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, well, the, the funny part about it is, too, is this is no different. And we're going to, this is an our slippery slope. The government hands out their own misinformation yeah. to people, uh, you know, on purpose. So who knows if this stuff is even true? It's leaked out from a source that's already been given disinformation by the government on purpose and they've they've used intelligence and they've used other things and technology to plant certain stories that they wanted to and it, it's been effective so you know it's it, it can make you dizzy with all these different kind of double and triple swerves that they could put out there because you don't know what's true and what's not true and this just leads you to go you can go to WikiLeaks, you can go wherever you want but Really, all I do is if I want to find out a story, I Google 
and then I do my research, and I don't even know if WikiLeaks is a. Um, it seems to have very reputable sources. As a matter of fact, one reputable source from the army, I, th- I think they they turned him in. Yes, a, now, a hacker found out about it and uh, turned him in. A hacker found him. I mean, you would think that would be counterintuitive to logic, but yet it was a hacker who thought this guy was doing wrong and he busted him. Hmm. I don't know. It's I understand the need, like I said, for leaks, but it seems like it could go too far. You know what I was thinking about? We're of a similar age. Did you ever think 25 years ago that we would have something like this iPhone here that we literally could access the knowledge of the entire world at any time with just this one little device? Almost anything you want to know, you can type into this little device, and there's even programs so you can speak it instead of typing, and you're going to find your answer. How crazy is that? Did, did you think that would ever happen? I mean, if I want to know how speakers are built, I could find out within five seconds on here. If I wanted to find out what your birthday was, I could find out with this phone. If I wanted to find out what the best-selling pizza in Chicago is, this phone will tell me. Practically anything I want to know is on this phone. Technically, it's not on the phone. It's on the Internet. But I have access to it from this little thing right here. But here's the caveat right here. You mentioned me. You can go to my Wikipedia page. You can edit anything you want in there. So really, it's not what you want to know. It's what you're told without maybe doing even the most proper research and following up. Most people go to Wikipedia you know, there was a thing on Wikipedia for about a year saying I was married to a woman named Valerie Munson and had two children. You mean well, you're not? I, I know. <laughs> I, that's news to me. I think you have to have sex to have those kids, and I don't remember even. Yeah, I would remember. I haven't had, uh, you know, I, I've had certain times where my memories left from concussions, but I would remember a full-blown marriage yeah. with two children. So uh, that being said, you can write something down. You know, I could write on your Wikipedia page that you have AIDS. And yeah. somebody go, oh, my God, Tim Robertson has AIDS. If I had a Wikipedia page. <laughs> but, but I could create one and just have it, the whole thing say, Tim Robertson has AIDS. Tim Robertson founded WikiLeaks. Tim Robertson's the one that, you know, uh, Kim, Tim Robertson killed the dogs, not Michael Vick. I could spread anything I want about you on the Internet. And when somebody reads it, it only takes one person to say it's true, go on a forum and that's where it gets a little dangerous. Now, I'm not saying the government should oversee all that. What I'm saying is that each person individually needs to do their due diligence of research and not believe everything they read or see or hear. But by the same token, we have that option now, and we did it 25 years ago. Where do we get information 25 years ago? People say, well, you went to the library and you looked it up in books. Well, that's assuming that the books were correct 25 years ago. I don't even want to give you that. (laughs) But the point is, we could find information, for the most part factual, at at any time, day or night. Do we have access to too much information now, you think? Are we a little spoiled? Is it making us all ADD? Well, I'll go back to the point where you said about uh, before with the the whole thing with – with wrestler time off and being treated like NFL players or baseball players. This is the problem when there's too much information, 
the news cycle moves not in 24 hours, not like back 25 years ago with one week at 60 minutes or the uh, or the news at the end of the week or even the nightly news for the 24-hour news cycle. Now it moves more like 24 seconds, 24 yeah. minutes. You know, there's certain times where people don't even remember that we have a war in Iraq and Afghanistan because it's not on the news anymore. Yeah, that's true. And Very... if they're not being told and fed the information they ignore it, and it, it's not happening if it's not in the media. Well, let's get off the real heavy subjects and talk about some fun stuff. <laughs> What's your favorite? You it up. Yeah, you I know. It up, well, I like I like these conversations. I do. And what I like is to get different perspectives because we talked about a lot of this last week, and I can guarantee you, it was a totally different conversation. And that's what I like about podcasting and doing the tech fan show is. I just never know where it's going to go, and that's what I like. I like the conversation. Um, but again, let's let's get to something a little more f- more fun. What's your favorite tech gadget right now? What's the one thing that is it for you right now? Is it still the I would, computer? Uh, or? I would have to say the iPad. Yeah, is it? I would say the iPad, and I, I've seen a lot of people come up against the iPad since the MacBook Air has uh, been released from Apple, saying I don't need my iPad anymore because I have a MacBook Air, and I can see the uh, I can see I had the first generation MacBook Air, also known as the world's most expensive netbook at the yes. time. And, <laughs> that was an and expensive I see one. The, yeah, exactly. I see the iPad, especially with the iOS. The iOS is going to be a very big player in the market, not just for you know now the Apple TV, the iPad, and the iPhone, but possibly even in the future. The, the full-blown Mac iOS, you know, with a Mac well, store and all if, that stuff. Well, if you look at 10.7 and the preview that they gave, a lot of the interface elements that's coming from iOS is making its way back to the Mac, just like Steve Jobs said. In fact, absolutely, we're going to have a Mac app store. This is something that I was talking about three years ago, that this would be something that I would think Apple would want to do. Apple came right up. Steve Jobs himself said, no, that's nothing we ever want to do. And yet here we are. They're going to have a Mac app store. Um, So absolutely, you're seeing a lot of the influence, a lot of the things that Apple is learning about human behavior, how we're interacting with these portable devices, making their way back to the Macintosh. I personally think it's a good thing, but I'm hearing a lot of people who are worried about it, that they don't like that concept. Well, it's never going to go away. There's always going to be your final cuts, your apertures, your light rooms. There's always going to be a requirement for OS 10, and it's going to be a version of OS 10. But getting back to the iPad, the reason why the iPad for me has become a true convergence device, not only because it's a bigger screen than the iPhone, so it makes movie watching and reading books and yeah. all that stuff a pleasure, but also I use it in my daily just about everything. I use it. Uh, in the morning when I go to the gym, I'll use P90X videos synced with a Bluetooth headphone, uh, my S9 HDs. I'll use Tabata timer. I'll use it now to uh, – I have a ton of PDFs here. I have my, my full uh, NASM and ACE certification PDFs here. I can, I can carry an entire library in this iPad and, and read books. And now there's magazines like the Project Magazine, which is an amazing – uh, not to mention gaming. This is something that I wish that this is something that I think falls short on Apple. I'm looking at the Air Video Server. I'm looking yep. at my games and saying, if the Apple TV allowed you via AirPlay to play Rage HD, to play Madden 11 on my big TV here, 
my goodness, you would play. I mean, you challenged the Xbox 360 and PS3 to a casual gamer. Absolutely. If you were able able that kind of stuff. And other than that, I mean, it's just it's the perfect device. I write my fitness column on the iPad when I'm on the road. I never take my MacBook Pro with me anymore. It really is sitting just, you know, in the bedroom, uh, just doing nothing. Gathering dust. A lot of things happen in the bedroom, doing yeah. nothing. <laughs> I'm sure that video camera is not on, I hope. Um, I've been saying that the iPad is the second greatest thing Apple ever invented besides the Macintosh itself. Um, the iPad for me made my iPhone less cool. <laughs> it, it really did. About the That's only thing point. I use my iPhone for now is if I'm out on a smoke break, I'm a smoker. If I go outside to have a smoke break, I'll use it to browse the internet for, you know, five minutes. Uh, phone calls. If I need to look up something real quick, there it is. But everything else I'm doing on the iPad. If I'm at home sitting on the couch, the iPad is right there. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, everything it, for me. I love it's, it. Uh, you know, it's it's made me want to explore other platforms on the uh, smartphone market, like Android. I'm a I'm a big I'm a big fan of Android. I like Android, especially two point two. I had the Nexus One for a while. It was a very strong phone. I had the Evo for Sprint. I like that a lot. The thing that brought me back to the iPhone and keeps me on the iPhone 4 is FaceTime. And I'm a jailbreaker, so I have the 3G unrestrictor. So I FaceTime a lot of people while I'm on the road with 3G. And there's no better if you have a family and you travel, Tim. So, you know, being in the hotel room and having them in front of their Mac or on an iPhone or iPod Touch and be able to talk to your wife and kids when you're a million miles away or whatever, how far you are. Is really just, I mean, it captured with that commercial. That's exactly it. It really does change the way I communicate with a lot of people. It does me as well. My wife, we've got Facebook on her laptop at this point, and I'll use my iPhone 4 when I'm in the hotel room in Chicago to see her and the kids and usually tell them goodnight because that's the time of the day that we can chat. And it's fantastic. But it goes beyond that. You, I could literally be in a store and show her what I'm looking at. Which one of these do I get, honey? <laughs> I mean, when you're in a grocery store, notice how many people are texting, and they're almost always texting about what am I forgetting? What am I? What else am I supposed to get here at the store? It's it's that, but even better. It's video. It's it's intimate. It's live. It's personal. Do you think that the iPad needs a video camera though? Uh, I I don't think it would hurt it, and with the Samsung Galaxy Tab out with a front and rear rear facing camera. I do see that happening. Uh, I'm disappointed that the uh, the newest update on the iPad um, really uh, crippled the camera kit that plugs into the bottom. So if you have an SD card or even a right. USB, which the USB part is the thing I liked about it because I have uh, a USB mini mixer here that can plug in through the camera connection uh, kit and run Skype and talk over that or even record a podcast with, with a voice recorder. And they can't do that with 4.2 anymore. They really uh, hmm. downgraded the volume, or not the volume, they downgraded the uh, the power consumption of that port. So now you can't power, say, a Yeti, a Blue Microphone Yeti, which you were able to do previously with the camera connection kit. What bothered me, and maybe it's petty, but the screen rotation button is now a mute button. I hate that. That's, that's terrible. I mean, I use that all the time to tell my iPad to stop rotating screen. Now, granted, you can just double-click the home button, go to the left, and it's right there, software. But why would you change it? 
We didn't need a mute button right there. There's a volume switch right there. We don't need a mute button too. It, it, little stuff like that Steve, bothers me. Steve exactly. Wants- I know. And that's what bothers me sometimes. They give us a great device and they start screwing around with it that, in ways that doesn't seem to make any sense. And no one seems to call them out on it. Well, I'm calling them out on this one. Stupid move. Leave my screen rotation button alone. <laughs> and, I, um, I'd like to think that Steve Jobs listens and watches. Of course he does. Fan, but I, well, he might. Who knows? He might come around with it. Why don't you just send him an email? You um, know. He might answer it. Well, probably because I'm a COO of Mac Specialist and we're an a- authorized Apple reseller and training facility, and I don't really want to get Apple that mad at me. <laughs> so basically, Apple and Steve Jobs is your version of the U.S. government, and you want to make yeah, sure a little that bit. you don't send the uh, a little bit. You know, but SWAT team but in all honesty, I mean, I, I took this job knowing that there would be some restrictions of stuff that I should probably say or not say in public uh, about my feelings about Apple and the products. But that being said, I've been in, uh, I've been writing about the Mac publicly for what since 1995 with my mac magazine so my opinions are pretty much out there and i don't think apple is too concerned what i may or may not say publicly and that's coming from people at apple that i've had meetings with that said they because i asked them i said now look you know outside of the mac specialist gig i own my mac i i don't write as much as i used to or hardly at all but i do have a weekly show and obviously, Apple and Apple products come up. Is it a concern of what I may or may not say? And they said, no. We're not about stifling anybody's freedom of uh, expression. And uh, quite honestly, you know, you've been a, a supporter of ours since 1995. Why would we want to do that? I mean, if you have a legitimate criticism of something we're doing, that's fine. Now, if it was personal attacks against Steve Jobs or Jonathan Ives or anybody like that, they may have a problem with that, but that's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. Well, don't hold up the uh, don't hold up your laptop at the next keynote like Leo did, or else you will be on their bad side. Uh, well, there there's a time and a place for everything, and I think Leo was a little uh, a little stupid about that. I mean, seriously, that why would you do that? <laughs> why would you bring that kind of attention to yourself, doing something that you know for a fact Apple is not really happy about. And and not to mention, it's going to be available later online anyways. Why incur the wrath of Steve Jobs? What's, what's the possible benefit? Eh. Just to do it. <laughs> Just to do it. <laughs> Just because no one else would do it. For those listening uh, at TechFan, make sure you uh, – Send us feedback. It's tim at mymac.com. We'd love to have you as part of the conversation. You can leave your voice messages at 1-801-938-5559. You'll find all that contact information at mymac.com under techfan number 10. His name is Michael Manna. He is the host of the T4 show. What's the T4 show? It's tech. Uh, tech today, tech tomorrow. It's it's tech. It's everything. It's gaming. It's the internet. It's, well, it's fitness too. It's fitness. We do fitness. Fitness yeah. tutorials. Uh, we do fitness columns with TNAWrestling.com. Uh, Colm uh, it provides all this cool uh, Photoshop stuff. And we're going to start Photoshop t- tutorials with Colm and a couple other people and have a unique way of doing uh, the tutorials. Basically, they're going to teach me how to use Photoshop. So I get the benefit of <laughs> learning how to use it live and everybody gets the benefit of seeing me just 
look like a complete idiot. <laughs> Michael Mann is a true renaissance man. Uh, really like what you're doing, Michael. Thanks a lot for coming on. Tech fan this week. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Appreciate we'll be it. back. Everybody have a good day and make sure you uh, go to the gym. Looks like we're going to come back early next week with uh, David Cohen and we'll see you guys then.